heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Bible says that heaven is a prepared place. It is a place prepared. Now, there is a story of a very wealthy woman who got all tore up because when she got to heaven, her guide had led her to this very plain-looking house. And when she got to this very plain-looking house, she said, whose house is that across the street? That sure is a beautiful mansion. And the guide said, that belongs to a man who used to be your servant when he was on earth. And she said, well, why in the world is his house so much better than my house? And the guide answered and told her, well, the houses here are prepared from the materials that are sent up from, heaven, from earth. The houses built here are built from the materials that you sent up during your days on earth. Now, that's only a story, friends, but it surely speaks to the profound truth that uh, what we prepare in heaven has a lot to do with what we do here on earth. The Bible says that heaven is a prepared place. First, or John 14, 2, the Word of God tells us, Jesus says that in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I come again to receive you unto myself, this prepared place, friends, will be yours. Prepared. Jesus has prepared the way for you to go to heaven. The only thing that we must do is follow his way. Heaven is indeed a prepared place, but the Bible also says that heaven is a perfect place. Let's continue on in Revelation chapter 21. For in Revelation 21 and verse 3, the word of God says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. And God will wipe away all, say all. God will wipe away all their tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. How many things? All things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and they're faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. He shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, Murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. That is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues said to me, Come and talk with me. 
And he said, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now fast forward with me to verse 22. And John says, but I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of sun nor of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved, they're what? They're saved. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. Why? Because there will be no night there. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven, my friend, is a perfect place. It is an absolutely perfect place. Now, heaven is perfect not only because of what is there, it's perfect because of what ain't there. Can I say ain't here? It's perfect not only because of what is there, it's perfect because of what ain't there. Everything. Say everything. Everything in this world is fading away. Everything is fading away. But God says that heaven is incorruptible. God says it's undefiled. God says that it will never fade away. Friends, Heaven is there to stay. It's a perfect place. But heaven is not just about a place. It's also about the people. What does God's word say about the people of heaven? In the magazine Preaching Today, Leith Anderson wrote this. He said, my family and I have lived in the same house for 17 years. Now, sometimes I call it our house. But most times I call it our home. Now, what makes a home is not the address, not the lot, not the garage, not the treehouse out back. What makes a home home is the people. The people. And what makes heaven heaven is not the streets of gold. What makes heaven heaven is not the mansions. It's not even the angels. What makes heaven heaven is not the freedom from your sorrow. It's not the freedom from your crying, the freedom from your pain, the freedom from your sickness. What makes heaven heaven is the people. Namely, the Lord God Almighty and His Son, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Dr. W.A. Criswell, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, was once asked, will we, will we know each other when we get to heaven? Well, that's a pretty good question, isn't it? Will we know each other when we get to heaven? And his wise reply was this, we won't really know each other until we get to heaven. You may think you know me, 
But you ain't really going to know me until we get up yonder, amen? Way up yonder. So what do we know about the people of heaven? The people of heaven. The Bible says that they are a redeemed people. Did you hear there in verse 24 of chapter 21? The word says, and the nations of those who are what? Saved shall walk in its light. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. They are a redeemed people. The apostle Peter reminds us that you're not saved. You're not redeemed with corruptible things like gold and silver. You're redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. You're redeemed, you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and that alone. Friends, heaven will only be populated by redeemed people. Heaven will only be populated by those who have given their lives by faith to Jesus Christ. No one else can go. No one else is perfect enough to go. Only the Lamb of God was perfect enough to die for our sins. But the Bible also says that heaven will be filled with resurrected people. Resurrected people. Friends, heaven will be populated by those who have been delivered from the grip of death. Heaven will be populated by those who have been delivered from the grip of the grave. Paul described this in 1 Corinthians, saying this. He said, just as we are now like Adam, the man of the earth, so we will someday be like Christ, the man from heaven. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that this flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The word says, these perishable bodies of ours are not able to live forever. But let me tell you a wonderful secret. A wonderful secret that God has revealed to us. Not all will die, but we will all change. Amen. We will all be changed. It'll happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. For when that trumpet sounds, the Christians who have died will be raised with changed bodies. Changed bodies. And those who are still living will be changed so that they will never die. They'll be changed. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? No thanks be to God who gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. One day, friend, you and I are going to receive resurrected, glorified bodies if you've placed your faith in Jesus. So the inhabitants of heaven are certainly a redeemed people. They are certainly a resurrected people. But the Bible also says that the inhabitants of heaven are a rejoicing people. In Revelation chapter 4, and you don't have to go there because I'm going to share it with you. The Residents of heaven do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures, that is all creation, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, those who represent the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne. They will worship him 
who lives forever and ever. They will cast down their thrones before the throne of God. And they will say, you are worthy, O Lord. You alone are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Oh, friend, the people in heaven... They're going to be some rejoicing people. If you got an issue of rejoicing down here, you're going to have a really big problem up there. Because that's all we're going to do is be rejoicing and worshiping the Lamb of God. Rejoicing people. Friends, every glimpse that we have in the scriptures about heaven reveals the same thing. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Rejoicing, 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 praise God, rejoicing, rejoicing. So we've talked about the place, the place called heaven. We've talked about the people, the people of heaven. But what does God's word say about the path to heaven? How do I get to this greatest homecoming ever. Well, the Bible tells us that the path to heaven is a very plain path. Jesus said the path is clear. I am the way. Jesus says I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then John said it even plainer in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. He said, he who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son, he don't have life. That even gets through my hard head, amen? I get that. Friends, there are only two ways in this life. Only two ways that you can take in this life. There is the narrow way that leads to life in heaven. And there is that broad easy way that leads to death in hell. Only two roads. Only two ways you can take. The Bible also says that the path to heaven is a very precise path. Contrary to popular belief, my friends, there are not more than one way to heaven. There's only one. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. There is no other way other than through him. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. That's crystal clear to me. He also said that no man, say no man. No man comes to the Father except through me. I get that. Do you? So which path are you on? The narrow path of life that leads to heaven or that broad path that leads to death and hell? There's only one way, friends. But the Bible also tells us that this path to heaven is a personal path. No one can walk this path for you. No one can carry you 
into heaven. If I could take you there, I'd do it. But I can't. And neither can anyone else. This is a decision that you must make personally by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a personal path. And millions have taken this path before you. So should you take this path. The word says that if you, say you, not me, you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the word of God says you will be Say it loud. Saved. Saved. Hallelujah. I like it when things are simple. It's not very smart. So I'm glad that God didn't force me to obey a complex list of rules and regulations. He just said believe. Believe. Say believe. He said believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he died for you. Believe that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. I like it when things are simple. In closing, I'd like to repeat a story that I told some four years ago. And it's a story about a woman, Miss Stacy, who was diagnosed with cancer. And the doctors all told her the same thing. You got about three months to live. And so she began to get all of her affairs in order. She called her pastor to discuss some of the specifics. And she told her pastor what songs she wanted to be sung. She told her pastor... Uh, what scriptures she wanted to be read. She even told her pastor what outfit she wanted to be buried in. And she said that she had this favorite Bible that she wanted to be buried with too. And so the pastor agreed that all that would take place. And he began to leave. And she said, wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor. There's one more thing. And he said, what's that, sister? She said, when I die, I want to be buried with this. Pastor did the same thing that me and you just did. Huh? And so she explained. She explained that in all her years of church fellowship dinners, when the dishes were being cleared away, the people would all say the same thing. Keep your fork. Keep your fork. That always made her happy, she said, because that meant that something better was coming. Maybe a German chocolate cake. Maybe a big dish of banana pudding. Maybe a 
deep dish apple pie. With or without ice cream, it matters not. <laughs> Something better was coming. And she said, when people see me in that casket with a fork and they ask the same question, what's with the fork? You tell them, Pastor, that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. So how about you? Are you on that path that leads to heaven through Jesus? Have you left the wide road to take the narrow road through Christ? If you haven't, today you can. And if you already have, saints of God, just hang on because the best is yet to come. The Lord's been speaking to you about heaven. If you don't have a clue, if you're even on the path that leads to heaven, today is the day you can jump on board. Don't leave this place knowing that you're way off the path. Instead, Leave this place knowing full well that you're on the path that leads to heaven. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you have made these two paths crystal clear for us today. There's a broad, easy path that's a dead-end road to death and hell. But there's a narrow way through Christ Jesus that leads to eternal life in heaven. And Lord, I thank you for the place called heaven. I thank you for the people of heaven. And I thank you that you have made this path to heaven, one that even an old hard-headed preacher boy like me can take. Father, if there's one here today who can't say with the utmost certainty that if something tragic happens on the way home, that they're going to heaven. Father, let them know how, how smooth the path is and how that path is ready for them today. Lord, let them stand up, stand out. Just come and take my hand. There'll be no embarrassment. Just somebody who wants to go to heaven and be with you for all eternity. Father, you speak to them as only you can. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all stand. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou didst me come to thee, oh.
I come, I come, just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am and tossed about with many a conflicts, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without all lamb of God I come. Y'all 